0: Welcome to the Physiometry Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Abhinash Ramchandani. We know how important your health is to you, so we focus on delivering the best, unbiased information to each and every one of you. Today's podcast number 33, we're going to complete our topic of pelvic pain, and we will give you some good news of the week as well. Pelvic pain is a lot bigger topic than we would think when we talk about different pain syndromes. In fact, it affects between 6 and 25% of reproductive age women. And that really depends on the inclusion criteria and other items. Many patients with pelvic pain do not have an identifiable pathology. For example, someone with endometriosis will have pelvic pain or may have pelvic pain. But there are often times where patients have pelvic pain where we can't really figure out where this pain is coming from. The most common diagnoses of pelvic pain are usually someone with irritable bowel syndrome, adhesions, which can come from things like having cesarean sections or other abdominal surgeries, musculoskeletal causes, and endometriosis. The hallmark of pelvic pain is when someone has pelvic pain in the pelvic region for three to six months duration or longer and these patients with chronic pelvic pain may have pain that radiates beyond the pelvis so it may not just be in that region it may radiate to the areas of the urinary or gastrointestinal systems and may actually change a patient's quality of life with patients in chronic pain as we well know they may always have a change in their quality of life Patients with pelvic pain may also have changes in their mental health, which is, again, the same thing as chronic pain. It's especially important to realize that patients that have pelvic pain may also have other issues in pain management and may have things like cystitis, irritable bowel syndrome, migraines, other things that may cause chronic pain and may also be exacerbating their pain syndrome. One of the things that may exacerbate their syndrome may be something like fibromyalgia, and this is pretty common in our chronic pain population. With patients with musculoskeletal pelvic pain, these patients usually have significant trigger points that are very hypersensitive and can be very uh, painful to compression. These women typically benefit from specialized physical therapists, possibly multiple disciplinary treatment from specialists, and may also have other comorbid syndromes, as we were talking about a minute ago. It's really important for patients with chronic pelvic pain as well as chronic other types of pain to have psychological evaluation and be evaluated for things like depression, anxiety, somatization, substance abuse. There are multiple other things that may also cause chronic pelvic pain. As I said, there are poorly understood causes, including sacral tarlov cyst, cottaquina syndrome, pelvic varicosities, entrapping sacral nerve roots, or pelvic adhesions at the site of symptoms, and these may cause chronic chronic pelvic pain. It's also higher with patients that are obese and super obese that may actually cause and may actually have more types of chronic pelvic pain regardless of the diagnosis, patients with chronic pelvic pain, especially women with chronic pelvic pain, may undergo multiple laparoscopic procedures, including ablations for endometriosis, lysis of adhesions, and may go through many other surgeries, including hysterectomies or oophorectomies, in hopes of improving their symptoms. Oftentimes, even though they have these types of surgeries, patients do not have long-term success with this because their chronic pelvic pain is due to an unknown reason. That's why it's Important with patients with chronic pelvic pain to go through the psychological evaluations and other things in order to evaluate whether their chronic pelvic pain is actually coming from one of their organs or coming from a different source, including myofascial sources. So let's focus a little bit on myofascial pelvic pain and myofascial pain in general. Where does this myofascial pain come from? This can come from within local muscles, and it's really a trigger point. What happens is that these trigger points are localized painful regions of muscle resulting from contractions of localized what they call sarcomeres, or types of muscle cells. And these can cause acute overload of the muscles, direct the muscle trauma, and then what happens is that we have autonomic and sensory reflex arcs that can cause complex sensitization mechanisms. And then we have active myofascial trigger points and central sensitization, uh, all from this muscle that has overactivated and become very tight. So what can happen is that these patients are in such pain because of these muscle spasms. So how does this happen in the first place? Well, acute stress can cause muscle spasms. As we all know, when we have stress, one part of our body may actually get a little bit more overused or we tighten that part of the body. For me, it's my neck. When I get stressed, my neck gets tight and I get pain there, right? There's a lot of people that do isolate their pain in their neck. Some people may isolate their pain in their pelvic region, and that's a problem. They may also have direct muscle trauma to the area, psychological stress, as I mentioned, overuse of that muscle, or other visceral disorders, as we had mentioned, endometriosis and other things may also cause chronic pelvic pain. How do patients get better with chronic pelvic pain? And that's a great question because patients with chronic pelvic pain may have more issues than patients without or patients with other types of pain because it is in the pelvis. So it is really important for these patients to be seen by a chronic pelvic pain specialist or someone that knows what they're doing with chronic pelvic pain. So seeing a physical therapist that is specially trained in doing pelvic pain is really important for these patients. The physical therapist may do the same things as a regular physical therapist initially, including looking at posture, gait, range of motion of the spine and extremities, length and strength of relationship of relevant muscles, and docu- documentation of exactly where the pain is. And then they go into the more specialized types of treatment where they actually treat the pelvic floor muscles. They may actually evaluate the in- uh, muscles of the pelvic floor using an EMG. They may go in into the pelvic floor and actually manipulate the soft tissue down there, including the different muscles in the pelvic floor. If someone is going to get benefit with pelvic pain physical therapy, they will get benefit within 10 visits of the therapy. The responder rate with physical therapy is usually about 50 to 60 percent of patients do respond to 10 visits of physical therapy. So it's important to give patients that opportunity prior to going into surgical options and other things when someone has chronic pelvic pain, and it is determined that the pain is coming from musculoskeletal cause and not coming from something like endometriosis. With men, chronic pelvic pain is usually considered what, we usually just called prostatitis, even though we don't know what the prostatitis is. Si- is and whether the prostate is actually even involved. But oftentimes with pay, with men with chronic pelvic pain, we automatically associate that the location and the pain is coming from the prostate. Oftentimes, I will see chronic pain patients with chronic pelvic pain that have had injuries to different nerves in the region, including ilioinguinal nerves or genitofemoral nerves from either surgery coming from a gynecological surgery and or maybe a surgery for a hernia or other abdominal surgery. These surgeries can be painful post-operatively where the nerve has been cut or lysed and then treatment of this nerve is very important including doing nerve blocks and or doing stimulation to the nerve. These can help diagnose what exactly is going on as well as treat the pain and the symptoms of the patient. Finally, if you do have pelvic pain, make sure that you go and see your doctor. It is really important to go see your primary care doctor and or a pain doctor that specializes in pelvic pain. There are times where pelvic pain may be dangerous and could be due to a malignancy or cancer. And now for our good news of the week. This COVID-19 pandemic has come out with many people that have become heroes, including physicians, nurses, public health workers, pharmacists, dispatchers, firefighters, paramedics, EMTs, etc., etc., etc. And Starbucks is going to give everybody a free, tall, brewed coffee, hot or iced, in the month of December to show appreciation for those keeping our community safe during COVID-19. So if you are a first responder or frontline responder, as they may say, please go get yourself a free cup of coffee and get caffeinated from Starbucks. As you know, Starbucks has done this before in March till May, where they gave out over two billion or 2 million brews to frontline responders. They've also donated $1 million to support frontline responders, including delivery of personal protective equipment, essential medical items, care packages, and handwritten letters, and support for emergency assistance, including mental health resources for first responders and healthcare workers. This is pretty cool because Starbucks also has many people People on the front line because they are serving coffee to the general public. So, from the behalf of all physicians and frontline workers out there, I want to say thank you to Starbucks and thank you for being a good citizen of the community in giving out free coffee. Again, thank you for listening to the Physiatry Podcast. This is podcast number 33, Pelvic Pain Part 2. Next week, we will have a new topic and I'll likely try to get someone to talk to us a little bit more about vaccines and COVID-19 at some point in the next couple weeks. Thank you again and have a wonderful week. I will see you again.